0: Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisela. Hi, this is Aisha, and welcome to Business as Unusual, and today I'm very happy to be talking with Crystal Storm about Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network. Thanks for being here, Crystal. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am, too. I'm actually already excited to have you on again, so. Anytime. (laughs) We've been having a great conversation, so anytime. Yes, I agree. That was just fun. It's always fun to meet people who have the similar interests and excitement about talking about it.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Good energy. Good vibes Good. here.
0: Exactly. So what's the last thing that you did for fun that you want to talk about on a podcast? Oh, God. What's the last thing that I've done for fun? <laughs> All right, they know what fun
1: is. <laughs> what is this fun that you speak of? What is the last thing I've done for fun? You know what? I, I had a great movie night with my fiance a couple of nights ago. We watched Rogue with Megan Fox. Which I think was the origin. I don't know if you know about that movie with Idris Elba in it, where he punches a lion. I think it's called like Beast or something. But yeah, Idris Elba like punches a lion. He doesn't win. I'm doing just- spoilers, but good job. Okay. On that. But he does. He punches a lion. And but this one had Megan Fox in it in a role where she's not like some ditzy female. She's actually like a fighter. She's like this badass marine, and she ends up having to fight a lion. And it was really good. <laughs> it was like unexpectedly good movie. So there you go.
0: Yeah, you no, know, I, I watched a comment, a film commentator. I feel like that's not how you say that. And I think it is film, it, film commentator, I think, it's, I think that's okay. right. Oh, good. Who talked about Megan Fox and Transformers in the ways in which the movie didn't, it created her in this that was about her body and yeah. was like, but talking about actually her range as an actress. She has excellent, I was actually surprised. So,
1: in this movie, she's she moves like John Wick because she's oh. like this. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Like she's like this. She's like shooting people. She's like stabbing people. She's like beating people up. Like I did not think that she could carry this at all, but she did a great job. She did, it was a really enjoyable, just dumb action movie. It was great. She did great. Yeah,
0: you know, I really love a good action movie. So I me have to too. They're so fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. It yeah, Rogue with Megan Fox is great. It was just fun. It was just fun.
0: I've been on this kick of what i'm calling emotionally intelligent like drama dramedies okay so like morning show ted lasso how do you know where the conflicts are what we're talking about but the show started white supremacy and inequity and the realities of trying to navigate life from these different perspectives and also the room for human experience, like the ways in which we don't always know what's happening, as opposed mm-hmm. to the conflict being something like, I saw you having lunch and I decided you were having an affair. So I did all these stupid things and now ha, huh, we're fine.
1: That'll be one of our Tales After Dark episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, anytime you want a ridiculous plot, I am happy to shoot you. Love it. let I
1: love it. Love it.
0: So that's a great segue. Talk to me about. Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network. What's the... Yeah. Where would it come from? What you up to? Oh
1: my goodness. We are up to so much stuff. So it, So I am a. I, I'm 42 years old. And it was maybe like three years ago that I found out that I was neurodivergent. And all my friends were shocked that I didn't know that I had like ADHD. So I'm not quite diagnosed yet because everybody knows how the healthcare system is and blah, 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 blah. But But in typical fashion, I've always done this, that I just... You get an idea that you want to do something, and you do it. <laughs> and that's it. And for me, I know that things stick if the idea actually has followed through. It's not anybody with ADHD will know that the dopamine high from just starting something is chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. And then continually doing that is like a whole other story. But it started with Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama. I had written this fan fiction 10 years ago that had just been sitting. But I'm a podcaster. I use my voice a lot. I'm a Twitch streamer. I had wanted to turn it into this audio thing, and then I stumbled upon audio dramas and audio fiction. I don't remember how. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just put out a casting call on Twitter just for fun, see who wants to come be a part of this. I got an amazing response. People are stupidly talented out there. Holy crap. There are so many talented people, and they lent me their voice. So we did this thing, and then it blew up, and then everybody's loving it. We're doing live shows about it. Everybody's having a great time. We got, I've never been podcasting since blog talk radio when it was free. So I've been in the podcast, you know what I'm saying? So I've been in the podcasting space for a minute, but I'd never gotten the amount of downloads that we got from Legacy and reviews and this, that, and the other. So I was like, you know what? I have lots of stories to tell because I am a writer first. I've got written books. I'm just, I love telling stories. So I was like, you know what? We're going to make this a thing now because I love creative. Collaboration. When you're a writer, when you're writing a book, it's a very kind of solitary thing. But I love collaborating with people on a creative process. I love it when other highly creative people jump in and lend their ideas and their talents, and it's just ah, just it's it's just my jam. So audio dramas, I found, was this wonderful way that kind of took the pressure off of me for trying to finish my third book because I've been trying to finish that for years and years, just nothing was sticking. But this kind of just lit up my creative spark again just to be able to write short scripts and then work creatively with other people. So I was like, I've got all these ideas that are just sitting here. Let's turn them into audio dramas. So that's what we're doing.
0: That sounds fantastic. I actually am a third of the way through my first book. Started in December. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, that's a big task. I have a
0: class that I go to. Nice. Yeah, it's great. I need that. But it was really interesting, honestly, because when I started the process, I realized I was working with this really awesome human offered me a free trial for the workshop. And mm-hmm. one day I was doing it by Zoom and my dog came in and I spoke to my dog. But they, they can see that, obviously. And he was so fierce. He's who's interrupting you when you're writing. That's not OK. And I was like, I have never been that fierce and protective of my time. And that might be why I haven't been able to get this done.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Like,
0: it was such a powerful moment for me. And I was like, all right, I'm not only going to take this class, I'm going to take that example, and I'm going to be fiercely protective of this time so that I can do this thing I wanted to do forever. Absolutely.
1: Love that. i love that for you. Oh. Heck yeah. So what's yeah. it about? Yeah. Oh. I know. The thought question I so- no writer wants. Oh, no. Like Stuff and things.
0: Stuff <laughs> and things. It's about the, the journey of coming out of the isolation of growing up in an abusive relationship with your parents. But I didn't know. Most of us, I don't know about your experiences, but you think it's normal, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're just like, oh, my life is normal. And then you get to this place and you realize, oh, that's actually, it might actually have been normal and that doesn't make it okay. 100%. And I just feel like there's a lot of folks who accept things like I did,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: I feel like if I can show it, because the luxury thing doesn't help. But if yeah. I can show what that feeling is, like, this is that feeling it mm-hmm. and that confusion. Right. They could see themselves in it and maybe see that they have other options. Right. And I also want to tell the story, like, not in a... I feel like there's a way in which if I can tell the story honestly, that I can close it. Not never get to close a chapter, but close some of those dangling participles.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think other people probably would be able to relate very heavily to that kind of as well. Sorry for your, yeah, unfortunately, sorry for your experience, but you know what? That's awesome. That's awesome. You're able to find the healing through the creativity and the writing because that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. What I have, I I feel very blessed. I have a really, I feel like for some reason, I was able to create and build connections. And I think that's the other piece when you go through trauma, it can strip you down in a way that puts you past some of that other stuff that can destroy us because of how our culture is i'm not saying it's great uh, but i'm grateful for where i'm at absolutely no listen i don't
1: more people don't realize how much they need therapy they just don't i was fortunate enough that i was having a real hard time uh, a couple years ago and i was able to get some help for about six months and just in that six months i thought that we were going to start with the big stuff that had happened to me but you start you know that mean thing that your mom said to you when you were six that then built on top of all this other stuff, on top of all this other stuff. And you're just like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't have, my mom is awesome, but she's a little bit of a, not quite, she's all she's not that old. So she's like that Gen X boomer line. And she had me when she was very young and she did the best that she absolutely could. I love my mom to death, but there were still moments where she fucked up mm-hmm. and that fucked me up. And you don't you don't realize that. And I was I was literally going through an exercise yesterday where I was doing some free journaling and I was just writing down blocks that I had around like self-worth and stuff. And I circled back around to a moment that happened when I was a child. And I was like, oh, now I got to sit with this and hug my inner child and do all that. So listen, the moral of the story is go to therapy.
0: (laughs) I think my mom was born in 1944 and she was she had an engineering brain. Like I recognize that I have no comprehension like mm-hmm. let's be clear women in America couldn't get bank accounts until 1974. Right. So like her expectations of herself and therefore for me were very much about pleasing men and being dependent mm-hmm. and fitting into this patriarchal system because that's mm. that was survival for a lot of them. Right. And so I recognized that yes she did the best she could and she was like you said that damage and then also for myself I have kids and we have those conversations. Like I can clean that up with them. I could take right. responsibility for that impact. That's huge because people are flawed. Like I'm, I'm very aware these days. And you know what? I screw stuff up all the time. Still, I yeah. love the Maya Angelou quote: "Do what you know until you know better, and then do better." That's what that's we're going such for. A,
1: that's a great quote.
0: Right. That's li- and that's all you can do. That's all. Like i I talk to my sister
1: about it all the time. We have to like personally reconcile just moments in our childhood where my mom fucked up, but at the same time, she's such a different person now. Like right. she's so much better at being a mom, and we have such a better relationship. So she herself like changed and grew and evolved. So it's not like I can't be mad at her for what happened thirty years ago. I could, yeah. What she could do, it hurt. I'm dealing with it, and you just move on.
0: Yeah. I also think there's more awareness. In terms of development, how trauma and complex PTSD, our parents. So much now. They didn't have any of that. Yeah, they didn't have any awareness. There was a lot of stuff like that I'll be like TikTok was where I realized, oh, I actually display all those things. And I've been in therapy for a long time. And I remember my first therapist said something about my mom's behavior. And I was so mad. I was like, don't talk about my mom that way. But I just, and it's just that you have to cultivate some kind of inner foundation. Yeah, and I do think that there's a lot mechanism. more s- cultural support for what you're talking about, which is not to say I reject my parent or think they're terrible, but I can acknowledge their humanness and that impact on me and my development and 100%. my life skills.
1: 100%.
0: So it, we are just going to have to have many podcasts. So- <laughs> we went
1: on like a whole tangent there, but you know what? You're welcome, audience. You're welcome. There you you're go. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so this is the Business as Unusual podcast. So what do you, what would you say is unusual about what you're doing? I would say the kind of
1: unusual thing, and maybe it's not so unusual now, is that we are definitely trying to full, turn this into a full-time job for us that supports us financially. I think that's it. I think a lot of people, when they think of like audio dramas and audio and even writing, and it's something that I hate, is that it's always this thing that you get to do But don't quit your day job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always when you follow your passion and that thing that lights you up, that thing that you're really good at. And this is not, listen, I know all of us neurodivergent people, what we're good at and what we follow will change minute to minute, day by day a lot of times. When you find that thing, that one thing that you know that you can do, that you can complete, that you can follow through, that you always circle back to, that lights you up, that makes you happy, that's your gift to the world. I genuinely think we need more people to do this, and I genuinely think that we need a system that supports people to do this. So I think what's unusual about about Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network, we're run completely by women. It's myself and my fiancé. That's it. It's just a a two-woman team right now. We have amazing support from from our voice actors and our friends, but now it's really at the point where she and I are trying to figure out how to make this a sustainable business, something that will absolutely support us, and that's a really hard mountain to climb, especially I think people who do the best in this kind of a space are people that are neurotypical and have a really strong background in marketing. Those are the type of people that can poke through the weeds and do all the kind of stuff that makes a lot of neurodivergent just tune right out. Like I I know that we have to do all these things for TikTok and Twitter. And I understand how to post on social media and the regularity and like I know all the marketing terms. I know all the things that we have to do. I have no space up here to do that. Mm -hmm. That is literally where I just check out. There's I can start it, but I'll never follow through. So my time is much better spent writing and directing and producing and that sort of thing and just making great stories and building community um, that will support us. So it's a hard hill to climb. But one of my dreams and passions and goals is to hopefully build something where eventually we get to a point where we can help other creators find that space where they don't have to sacrifice time for their passion because that is the one commodity that we do not get back we do not get back our time so it breaks my heart and drives me crazy when you see people that are you know because they have to you're suffering in this nine to five you know you're doing this but that's not what you want to do that's not what lights you up that's not the gift that you're trying to share with the world so hopefully we get there
0: i'm all for it i agree i think that if we lived in a world where more people actually leaned into their genius zone as mm-hmm. some people call it that space of alignment passion and creativity I can't even imagine but I want to imagine that world yeah. I just think we would have so much more innovation opportunity 100% connection mm-hmm. and this idea of the starving artist is Exhausting. so pervasive and it's just not true mm-hmm. like we, I, I say this sometimes go ahead, I go do a whole day with no art. Don't listen to the music, don't look at any pictures, don't watch any TV, just see how your life is, and then say that you don't want to pay for art. Oh my God, I wish
1: because you're right. People like put that so far at the bottom of like priority of things, and it, it informs so much of our. You and I were having an amazing conversation earlier just about the world and systems, and how are you going to figure out? new systems without creative people who can see past the now mm-hmm. you need people with imagination yeah. you've got to you've got to combine that you need people who can see what can be you need the arts however that if it's music if it's a picture if it's somebody wrote something it's, it's something that you listen to it doesn't it's a podcast it's a tiktok you need people out here creating things otherwise we are never going to get out of the suck we're right get, be, we have people who are telling us their vision They do it every day, and we get sucked into it, and it's so pervasive that nobody thinks we can change, and that's where art comes in. Art says, hey, this is what could be, and now it's up to the rest of those people who are great on the ground and great at community building and logistics and project management all that other shit to be like, you know what? That's right. How do we get there?
0: Mm -hmm. Who's your typical audience, or how do you, like, how do you get that? Do you, do you interact with people? How do you find that that possibility for engagement? With how are you set up now so folks can participate or listen? Obviously, you're on the normal podcast networks, but in terms of yeah. this process of for the business side, yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: So it started. So listen, we write stories by women for women. I'm I'm very much in that. I write strong female characters. I write flawed characters. We write they're not all nice. Some are antiheroes. Yeah, it's not. See, it was
0: my first love.
1: Yeah, dude, we write such a wide range of women. LaResa, the main character in Legacy, the first show that we did, is flawed as hell. Like jedi sis story, but it's a much adult take on Star Wars. So listen, even if you don't like Star Wars, listen to Legacy. I think people will enjoy it. The first Tales After Dark show we did, which is a romantic erotica. It's got plot, I swear. It's not just porn. It's very well done. So, If you like Bridgerton, you'll love Tales After Dark. Oh, we could. I did love Bridgerton. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Listen, every, listen, everybody loves their romance erotica. Whatever it is, you like it. We know you like it. It's fine, ladies. Let's just embrace it. But yeah, like Tasha, the character in Tales After Dark, is incredible. She's this woman who's gone through extreme trauma and she's not coping very well. She's coping with like sex and alcohol and like violence. Like she's not coping with her trauma well at all. So I, I write characters for women and for myself. And what I have found is, All these men love it. (laughs) Like, I literally like 50, a little bit over 50 percent of our audience right now are men and who I'm writing the stories for. But they're loving it. They're like, we've I was lucky that I was on this show called Who Would Win? It's a very fun, very geeky. If you like comic books, you'll love the Who Would Win podcast. And they have an incredible audience. And I had a I have a great relationship with the host. And he's got incredible reach. So I made a lot of friends just networking with him and hanging out in his community. So I owe a lot to who would win. So when we brought out Legacy, we were able to just grab people who like Star Wars. But also I had spent a lot of time before that just building connections. So people knew me and I was able to networking. It's not what a lot of times it really is who you know, especially in this space. So that's how it started. And then people just love Legacy so much that now they're along for the ride. But what we did, because I'm also a Twitch streamer, is every Tuesday when we released a new Legacy episode, we do a live stream. So we do a live listen to the episode where people could come in. They could chat with us. They could ask questions to the voice actors. So it was a really good way for us to build, excuse me, a build community. We did that. We have a Discord channel. So we're always learning right now about how to engage with our audience past a podcast. Because you're right. You listen to a podcast and then you turn it off. So we want people, if you really love the podcast, even if you're an introvert, come hang out with us. Come to a live show. Come lurk in Discord. It's not like Twitter. It's not so fast. You can just put a heart icon on something and go about your day. It's just... Those are the two avenues that we're using to bring people to us. And so far, it's working. We have new people that join our Discord like almost every day. So it's That's great.
0: Fantastic! I remember what I was going to say. Do you Yay. know Coyote and Crow? Have you heard of that? No. So you're talking about artists being able to imagine the future. These guys did a RPG. They kickstarted it like a year and a half ago, and it was wildly successful. And it's all a Native American it might be some generally indigenous, but primarily Native American from different backgrounds and tribes, Very tribal cool. affiliations. And it's set here in the North America in a alternate timeline in an uncolonized future. Ooh. And they wanted to imagine what that was. And what I loved about it, I love about it. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I got the books, but life. And yeah. But the thing that I really feel so strongly about is what you were talking about earlier. Like you cannot step into something until you've imagined it and they've created a role-playing game where you literally take on being a person in an uncolonized future and of course there's still conflicts but the conflicts are based on their projection of what that would be Mm -hmm. if they had not been colonized here and how that would play out and i just i feel like the power of that type of group storytelling and that type of imagining I, I am so that. excited to see what that manifests from that.
1: Absolutely. Oh, my God. I love that so much. I love it. You need that. You absolutely need that. We do. You just listen. Art is important. Support art.
0: Yes. Go to Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network and give them some money. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. We, do. we will have a membership that launches on Tuesday. It's our own version of Patreon. I'm a web designer. So I'm like, I looked at Patreon's website. and I'm like, I could make a Patreon or I could just build that into my website. So I'm just building it into my website.
0: Why not? <laughs> it's, it's Thursday. You, what it's, else are you going to do? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just so,
1: just so. That'll be live too. So, talesoftheforgotten.com is our website. It's getting a complete revamp. So, it'll look all awesome and new for anybody's coming. But yeah, yeah, there'll, there'll be a way that you can support us. And yes, please give us money because we love telling good stories. And we do. We tell good stories. I'm really proud of the work we're doing. And we've got such an amazing group of talent. Holy crap. They're so that is good. awesome. Yeah. Tell
0: me about some advice that you've received that has. It comes back to you or that you lean into or pass on.
1: Advice that I have received.
0: Or something you experienced yeah. as advice. Like the way I like that Maya Angelou quote, it's not really advice anyone gave me, but I received that as advice.
1: <laughs> I love that. No, I love that. So I, I would I go to two different things. My mother and I were having a really deep conversation too about like revolution and changing the world. And I'm paraphrasing, but the kind of feeling that always stuck with me when we were talking about this was. She said that when you're getting ready to, like, tear something down, just make sure that you have a plan, which is very boomer talk. But I remember that there was a conversation on Twitter a while ago, people talking about a general strike, which, listen, I'm all for, because the only way you really change a lot of things is if you mess with their money, right? So if everybody just didn't go to work, whoo, all of a sudden, now we've got everybody's attention. But people were talking about why that couldn't happen, because there are no systems in place to support people if they don't work. So it's a great idea, and it's absolutely something that we should do. But the level of organization that it's going to take is massive. I think we can do it. I think there are some amazing people. You and I were having that conversation off here about people on the ground and the work they're doing that you don't see on social media. So I think it's absolutely possible. But that's something that always stuck with me because when you're young, you're all like, you just set it on fire, throw a bathtub through a window, don't worry about the consequence. But we see now, especially now, the consequences of what happens when we try to change things. And I'm not saying don't think, God, no, please, let's change everything. But it's going to take a lot of community. And I think that's so important, so important. There's a section on my website called The Vision. And one of the things that I hope to build in the future is community. And it's a community that supports people. So they don't have to worry about survival. Now, just imagine if you could just live in not I'm not talking about cults. No cults. No, none of those weird farms that are up in the mountains and everybody's crazy. Not like that. But just imagine a sustainable community where you didn't have to worry about rent, electricity, anything like that. A community that supported each other so you could just go out and do what you needed to do in the world. Yeah. Just imagine 10 people who didn't have to worry about survival that could do what they loved.
0: Yes, sign me up. You know, like, like
1: imagine just building something like that. And I think that's really what it's going to take because you mentioned earlier, stop calling your rep, stop doing this, stop doing that. Let's do something that's actually effective. And I think community building, is, I learned this too in just marketing and podcasting, community building is huge and I think it's really underrated and we've got to do more of it. We have got to build communities that sustain and support each other so we can go out and do the work, because sometimes the work gets a little dangerous.
0: Mm-hmm. No, we have to take care of each other. It's the most important thing is to look around you and say, who, who around me? And mm-hmm. you've got to take care of yourself and your family, keep yeah. your responsibilities. Right. But I think, yeah, I think that ultimately is one of the most revolutionary acts we can do, is to stop playing with the propaganda and simply show up in our communities and treat people like human beings. Yeah.
1: Do the thing that you love. I mean, Maybe- that... There is a quote that the world needs more people who are doing the things that they love. And my God, yes. Yeah. My God, yes. Whatever it is that lights you up, that sets fire to you, because I know we are all exhausted and we lose that. It's so easy to lose that because you're a mom, you've got kids, there's responsibilities, there's all this. And they do not make it easy for any of us to exist inside of the system. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody like me, who's I'm not getting a nine to five, I'm trying to do this on my own, then let me tell you something, the stress of survival holy crap it is it will beat you down and it is so exhausting but ultimately it's worth it to me you just keep going
0: yeah i feel that so when you have those moments of stress Mm -hmm. because it's hard right what do you Mm -hmm. do to stay inspired or to recharge
1: i just curl into a ball and cry really
0: so you get like a blanket fort. Yeah, and a blanket pet.
1: fort. Yeah, and I do. I, you know what? We have a dog, and he's a three year old. He's a lab mix, and he's just not a comforter. He's just unfortunately. He's just not. But my my fiance is wonderful. I'm um I try to meditate a lot. I'm I need to. I've forgotten my spiritual practice, and I need to get back into it a lot because it I found it to be very good for my mental health when I was in it. But yeah, you know what? I've gotten a lot better at just feeling my feelings and self-caring. And I am very lucky and grateful that I'm in a space where if I don't have the energy to do something today, I don't have to. I can literally just go into my room and just Netflix and chill or just rail against mm-hmm. the world or whatever it is. I'm really fortunate in that, that I do that. I do have that. But yeah, I... meditate, cry, hug your friends, curl up with your wife, husband, partner, whoever you got a dog
0: cat i think we all need a wife Mm -hmm. and
1: then you know that's what i'm saying listen my wife is phenomenal she is this is one of the most healthiest relationships i've ever been in she is just incredible and i am so freaking lucky that yeah if i'm having a bad day i can literally just walk over to her and just put my head on her shoulder and that's it that's all you know having someone who can sit with you in silence chef's kiss
0: now that is legit Yeah. yeah what does success look like to you that's a really hard
1: question because I feel like I have been chasing success for a long time. And I have a, I'm have ai one of those people who have a really hard time celebrating victories. I'm always like, okay, this is done, new thing. Success, really, the start of this network was successful. It's one of the most successful things that I've ever done. But because I still have a lot of trauma and trying to break outside of the stigma of what society says you should be when you're 42 years old, I don't. Just be very honest, I don't feel like I'm a success. And I've got so much to be grateful for, but I don't feel like it. I'm currently living with a friend in Austin, Texas, because our landlord in New Orleans raised our rent so high we couldn't afford to live there anymore. And I, at the timing was just was terrible. We had just started the business, so we were over leveraged, and then our house got bought and she raised the rent, and we was just like, we can't do this. So now I'm like 42 years old living with a friend that doesn't feel successful. And I, I know people out there can relate. You just don't feel like it. So I think I've thought about this quite a bit. Success to me would just look like just being able to do the bare minimum to support myself, to feel that I can pay all the bills on time and my voicemail's not full because creditors are calling me. That kind of, that's what success would feel like to me. But I'm also very well aware that I got to get back into therapy because I'm pretty sure when I reach that, I'd still be like, okay, now what does success look like? Because I'm just that person. You move your goalposts. I do that too. Yeah, I do. I move my own freaking goalposts, man. So I, I really just have to be really conscious of celebrating my wins when I get them. And I practice gratitude every day. I'm huge about that. Like me and my sister text each other, three things you're grateful for, go. We do that every day just because I've got so much, even though you don't feel like it. So it's, man, it's hard to unwrap all the societal stuff, bro. It's exhausting.
0: I feel you on that. Learning how to see where you're at and to, I think, peek outside the system mm-hmm. is one of the reasons I ask about success because I feel like for a lot of us, we can have some unconscious instincts about what it is. And the reality is that usually that's a deviation from what we actually are going to feel a sense of fulfillment and peace around. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we get marketed too. A lot. It might, that's the other reason I do this podcast, is I feel like everything that comes to us easily is about someone telling us we lack something and they want to sell us on something right. else. 100%. And I feel like this kind of stuff that people are doing that is about passion and creativity or trying to create a new way of doing business that is more ethical and human-centered, that's not – because that's not about someone's lack, it doesn't get amplified, and I want to be part of that conversation, The people that are actually trying to do this different kind of, of, because there's so many people, there are so many people who are taking the risk and doing the work Oh my god! and they don't get amplified because it's, it doesn't line the pockets of people's. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I love that you have created the space for people to do this. So thank you. Cause it's, you're right. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I've got, I've got so much to be grateful for. So, and just be able to, like I said, today is. I had a crappy dream last night. I didn't sleep well. It's one thirty in the afternoon or 2.30 now. I'm on this podcast with you. And when I'm done, I'm probably going to go hug my wife and, like, snuggle for a couple hours. Yeah, which is great. But, like, I have the freedom to do that. So many other people, like, don't. So there's just a lot to be grateful for. But, yeah, I love people like yourself who just, you know, support artists who are out here just trying to, like, tell some good stories and give you guys a new vision.
0: Yeah, we need it. So for folks that are listening, that I, they're going to want to listen to your podcast and they're going to want to give absolutely. you buckets of money. Yes, please. And all We've of got that. An investor how, package.
1: All right. right.
0: So you <laughs> yeah. want to find us. How do they get a hold of you or follow you or get involved? What's the process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to do it is going to be go to our website, talesoftheforgotten.com. You will find all the links there. There'll be links to join our community. Like I said, we are actively looking for an investor. If it would be a woman, that would be phenomenal. I, there's a whole lot of rich white guys, but I would love it if some woman came in with buckets of money and was like, I love your show. Here's 50 grand. And I'd be like, what's that's dope. So, yes, please go to Tales of the Forgotten.com. You can reach me at Crystal at Tales of the Forgotten.com. That's my email. You can find me on Twitter, writer streamer. I'm pretty active on Twitter. But yeah, we're building everything up. So, I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, the website will be up. It's new, it's pretty, it'll have all the links and stuff. So, you guys can connect with us there. And find out about all our shows. We've got a, a fairy tale show coming up. It's a fantasy adventure that is absolutely going to make your inner child cry. It's called A Fairy Tale for Adults. Yet <laughs> that is my goal to make everybody's inner child just absolutely weep. We've got The Tales After Dark, which are romantic erotica stories. We've got it's an anthology series, so there's three episodes already done. So if you want to listen to my first little mini episode, it's up. It's great. If you like Star Wars, you just like drama and fights, listen to Legacy. That's 21 episodes, that's ready to go. And we're getting ready to turn my novel, my first two books, Synarchy, into an audio drama. It's a sci-fi conspiracy theory. And it is all about tearing down the system in completely crazy ways. So I'm excited to, to do that. So that's the next big project we've got coming up.
0: Thank you. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. And I hope that you get such an influx of people that your site doesn't crash, but feels like it might. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm ready for it. I was. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, hmm, if we get, I'm ready. I'm ready. I hope you enjoy the show. I love making it. If you did enjoy it, consider hopping over to the review portion of the platform you listen on and letting other people know about it. Or share the episode or the entire show with a friend or subscribe to the show. Definitely reach out, get on my newsletter, follow me on social media, and let me know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to see in the future. While we love our guests, appearance on the Business as Unusual podcast or any Curian consulting production is for information purposes only and is not to be considered an endorsement of their business, business practices, or character please properly vet anyone you find through this podcast and generally before you do any business with them. Thank you for listening.